From MPB Think Radio, it's Creature Comforts, the show all about your animals and the animals around you. I'm Java Chapman here with Dr. Troy, Ma- Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, is out this week. And most times when Libby is out, the doors to the pet hospital are wide open. Today is an all-pet day here on Creature Comforts, and we're looking for your pet questions. So don't hesitate. Lines fill up quickly, and we are looking for your questions. one mpb ring That's one 672 7464 So you can get your questions to Dr. Troy Major. Also, you can send us an email, animals at mpbonline.org. We also want to hear about your uh, general wildlife experiences, so don't hesitate to join the show. This is Creature Comforts right here from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio, the show all about your animals and the animals around you. I'm Java Chapman here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield, retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, is out this week. And most times when Libby is away, the doors for the pet hospital are wide open. So today is a pet day and we're looking for your pet questions. Um, no matter the animal or breed, Dr. Troy Major is going to give his his best swing at it so make sure you give us a call one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or you can uh, always reach us by email animals at mpb online.org and if you um have any other general wildlife experiences we want to hear about those we've been getting a lot of uh firefly pictures and uh and, and uh birding pictures to our email so we want to thank you for those and uh encourage you to continue sending those in animals at mpb org. also um if you happen to miss creature comforts on thursday morning just know it repeats every saturday at six so good morning dr major how are you good Jonathan. good morning to you and everything seems to be beautiful today yeah, I've been uh, coming in the past couple of days. It feels good just gosh. not to have your umbrella. <laughs> I know, going outside to walk with a dog, uh, big dog, early in the morning. It's really delightful to hear all the birds. I mean, they're just like, they're they're so happy, it seems like. And they're defending their territory song-wise and all, but you hear a lot. Incidentally, on the uh, fireflies, I'm seeing the fireflies, the ones that are in the trees, in other words, fairly high, and they're different different kinds, it seems like. I haven't seen any synchronous fireflies. If any of the listeners might uh, have seen some, should be, give us a call. But uh, these are the ones that are in the tree, probably uh, look like they're 20 to 30 feet high uh, up in the trees. So that's the only thing I've seen at my house lately. Well, yeah, actually, um, we like I said, we be getting firefly pictures to um, animals at mpbonline.org. And um, actually, Libby responded to um, one of the uh, um, listeners who sent in the email, and uh, they the fireflies that they were seeing were not actually the synchronous ones. Like you say, they were the photorous fo- Versicolor, <laughs> which are um, bigger and brighter than the synchronous fireflies. And um, 
they are you know a little little different uh than the than the sinks that you will be seeing i guess a little bit later on right. uh, throughout the summer but you got to remember to be sure not to have a flashlight or have your lights on uh around the house if you're gonna if you have a place where you can see them at home it does make a difference if uh you have the lights off yeah, the dark, the darker the better. <laughs> now we do um, have an early caller, Marshall. We're going to get to you in just one moment. But in uh, in Creature Comforts tradition, Libby always starts us off with a few um, events, and I uh, pick some up off of our um, MPB events calendar. You have the um, Harrison County 40th Annual Gym, Mineral, and Jewelry Show happening uh, this weekend at the Joppa Shrine Temple in Biloxi. This is being presented by the Harrison County Gym and Mineral Society, who are promoting uh, the earth sciences. So this weekend, you have the 40th Annual Gym, Mineral, and Jewelry Show at the Joppa Shrine Temple Hope I'm not mispronouncing that in uh, in Biloxi this Saturday and Sunday. Also, the Mississippi Coast uh, Audubon Society will be t- touring uh, turn nesting colonies uh, this Saturday morning. They're going to meet at the parking lot of the, uh, on Courthouse Road and Beach Boulevard in Gulfport um, at about seven o'clock. And then they're going to drive uh, around to several colonies, um, turn nesting colonies. So make sure you check their uh, Mississippi Coast Audubon Society Facebook page for more details. Also, um, for you know other events, you can visit our website mpbonline.org uh, slash Mississippi Events. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our phone uh, lines right now. Today is an all pet day, and Marsha has called in um, from Vicksburg. Good morning, Marsha. Good morning. Go ahead. What's your question? Uh, I would like to know how to prevent ear infections in dogs that have floppy hanging down ears well that's a good question and of course what kind of dog is this is it a like well, a it's like a hound. it's a mixed breed okay. but it's a hound mostly hound right. i guess right you know that probably one of the real problems that you have you get some odor and of course you can get infection is this just more uh build up of uh wax and that sort of thing or are they infected um they might have a little bit of infection right. uh might be a little bit of allergy right and certainly we see uh ears that flare up uh especially this time of year uh become red there may not be much discharge but the dog starts scratching uh shaking its head and then uh certainly can get some severe problems from that uh there's some good cleaners that help to balance the ph uh you may have talked to your vet about that i don't recommend cleaning too vigorously I like the cleaners that you can use that uh, you put in the ear and massage it and then let the dog shake it out and then wipe off any excess. Uh, There's one uh, new one that uh, we use a good bit of. It's pH tonic, pH tonic, and uh, it actually helps to maintain the proper balance of pH in the ear, and it's one that helps to dissolve wax and debris as well. So talk to your vet, and maybe you can get one that will help. Prevention is much better than uh, having to treat the ears that are infected. Uh, but uh, it is a problem with the hound and uh, that type of breed where they have a big pendulous ear. And it's even worse sometimes than the ones that have a lot of hair there uh, around the ear because it traps heat and this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So good luck to you, and I hope it can help. 
Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for calling in this morning, Marsha. Um, today is an all-pet day, and we're looking yeah. for your your pet questions. You can give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 Dr. Major, with those big floppy ears, is that something you just can't avoid? Well, you have to do some maintenance, I think, is the best thing. There's some dogs, uh, like a bloodhound, for example, it's got huge ears. Uh, and they, some of the hounds have a natural odor anyway, but it can be pretty bad if they get infected. And what can a dog do? You know, it can shake its head. It can scratch at it. It can rub it across the ground or on your sofa. And uh, this is about the only relief it can get if it has got an allergy or an ear infection. So proper care would involve, in my opinion, minimal cleaning, but using something that would help uh, to prevent that, such as something that would maintain the proper pH in the ear. Uh, but yes, it can be a real problem. All right. We're going to continue on the phone lines, and um, our phone lines are, are uh, filling up. So give us a call, one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And we're going to go to Beaumont and speak with Carmen. Uh, good morning, Carmen. Good morning. Go ahead with your question for Dr. Major. Okay, um, I have a, a little black and white poodle, Zorro, and he's always uh, licking on people's arms and legs, and I was wondering, why does he do that? It gets to be a habit in some of the dogs, and uh, I don't know exactly how I would try to break this habit. Uh, does he lick excessively on other things other than people? Um, y- yes, sometimes. We see some dogs that will lick on uh you know, on the bedspread or on the carpet, uh, and it gets to be an obsession with them. Uh, it may be that uh, he has some deficiency, or it may be that it's gotten to be such a habit that it'd be difficult to break. How old is this dog? Um, I think he's about eight years old. And how long has he been doing the licking? Um, I, I'm not sure. I, off and on. Uh, as long as I can remember. I think. Okay. So he's been doing it for quite a while. Yes, sir. Uh, just as a precaution, I would have him checked out by your vet as far as any type of deficiency or any abnormality with his, uh, blood system. Uh Uh, it's possible. We see some dogs that are anemic, for example, that lick excessively on either concrete or bricks. Um, and obviously this is different with, uh, people, but it may be his way of showing affection and it's gotten out of hand. Right, right. Mm Mm-hmm. I'd have to say that may be it. Uh, I don't think you need to put a muzzle on him, but uh, maybe he doesn't need to lick certain people that are really offended by it. Right. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Good luck to you. Thank you. So much. Uh All right. Thank you, Carmen, for uh, joining our conversation today. (laughs) Dr. Major, will a dog, I guess, um, with the excessive licking, because, you know, that's, I guess, one of the joys of having a dog, kind of a show of of, uh, affection, Um, but can they, like, can a lick themselves with the bricks and the concrete until it hurts or harms them? Usually not. Uh, We see some dogs that also dig and eat dirt. (laughs) Uh, These are the ones where some people eat dirt as well, I understand. But uh, the uh, dirt uh, usually would indicate in most cases possibly uh, either anemia or some other deficiency. Uh, I have one or two clients that say their dogs actually uh, root around and eat earthworms, you know, which gets to be an obsession, I guess. So 
Uh, usually that they don't injure themselves by licking bricks or concrete. Now, we're getting ready to go to break, um, and it, today is an all-pet question uh, day, so give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. But is it true, Dr. Major, I've always heard this, that uh, dogs will eat grass to make themselves throw up? Is that true? Well, it's one of the uh, consequences of eating grass. A lot of times they will throw up. I remember reading an editorial or at least article that had about eight different reasons why dogs eat grass. And some of it is just a natural occurrence. Some of them crave certain types of grass. And, yes, a lot of times they will throw up after eating grass. It's like they, they know that their stomach is upset. So they exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's, that's my usual pers- th- thoughts on this is that they already have a upset stomach or gastritis, for example, and they're wanting to throw up. It's a natural reflex. Well, that's the dogs are smarter than we give them credit for. Uh, let's go ahead and take our first break for the hour. And when we return, we'll be looking for your pet questions. We're going to talk with uh, Walter and Joe when we get back. So hang on. And uh, if you want to uh, join our conversation, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. When we come back, we're going to take more of your pet questions and and talk about this fat cat, one of the biggest I've ever heard of. So make sure you do stay tuned. This is Creature Comforts here on MPB Think Radio. MPB would like to thank Daniel, Coker, Horton, and Bell and the Mississippi Healthcare Alliance for underwriting MPB programs. Your company can be an underwriter too. Find out more. Go to mpbonline.org underwriting to find out how. Welcome back. This is Future Conference here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman here with Dr. Troy Major, and we're talking all pets um, all hour. Um, so make sure you uh, join our conversation, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. I promise you we're going to talk about this 41-pound cat, but uh, we have some pet questions lined up. So let's go ahead and uh, first talk with Walter from Biloxi. I think he has something he wants to say about the about the fire flies good morning walter morning java how are you oh we're hanging in here this morning what do you have for us it's funny y'all talk about that i was just out last night in wool market area and uh saw the yard pet fireflies firing off their generators they were they were at low grass level there was about four or five of them that i saw and uh i was wondering you know just you know what kind those were they were looked like they were just waking up or something <laughs> It seems like they uh, become more active after after dark, say nine o'clock or something like that. Uh, I'm not sure what time you were out, but uh, they do kind of come up, and this is their signal that they want to mate. They they have a very short period of time. Uh, just uh, Libby, I think, alluded to the fact that we're talking about days, not not weeks. So they have to be very active, and that's one reason that they have their uh, little light show for us yeah and uh, they were just down at the ground level right. uh, and, uh they were pretty long with the, the nice little frogs we got around here but i just <laughs> uh, 
Well, if you get a if you get a chance, Walter, um, uh, see if you can uh, snap snap a picture, or maybe um, you know you can uh, uh, catch one and um, and you know and photograph it and, and 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 release it back and send it to us, and we can try to identify it for you. All right. Well, uh, well, thank you, and 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 we'll just send it to uh, what email address is that? Or uh, the anim- uh, animals at mpbonline.org. That's the email address. Thank you. Y'all have a great day. All right, you, you too, Walter. Appreciate you for calling in. Uh, let's continue on the phone lines and let's talk with um, Renee in Olive Branch. Good morning, Renee. Good morning. Go ahead with your question for Dr. Major. Oh, my question is about these biting flies that will bite dogs' ears, especially like uh, dogs with ears that stand upright, like a German Shepherd or a Chow. Yes. Uh, there are things that you can put on the ear which will help repel it. Uh, talk to your veterinarian about that, but it's actually an ointment that you can put on it. But the, it's very attractive to these biting flies, and that once they get it started, they uh, actually will bleed if they get bad enough. And I don't know if you've had this experience before this year, but there are also some topicals that might help. Uh, uh, by topicals, they are actually will kill mosquitoes. Uh, and it might also kill these biting flies. But I think you're going to have to have something that you actually put on the ear, uh, which will help repel them. And uh, there is there is an ointment uh, that seems to work pretty well. Well, I have tried just some, you know, at-home ointments right. like uh, diaper rash treatment. Sure. Hurt, but the dogs rub it off within a yes. day. Right. And this so would be something, something that's consistent. I have to do it consistently. Right. This is something you'd have to use uh, on a daily basis, I would think. Fortunately, uh, this seems to be a short-lived uh, episode, if you will, that affects the ears, usually uh, three to four weeks, and then it subsides. But, yes, they can be very painful to the dog, I'm sure. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll just get with my vet. And see right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks for joining us, Renee. We're, this is All Pet Day here on uh, Creature Comforts. You can join the conversation, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And we're going to continue on the phones with uh, Charlene. Uh, Charlene, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, we're all right on this Thursday morning. What's your um, question uh, this morning? A medium-sized dog who loves to eat the horse feed, Wrangler sweet feed. Yes. Now, now, the dog's on an Alpo diet, so there's no nothing lacking there. But that sweet feed, he cannot keep his head out of the bucket. I understand. Uh, you know, I don't think it's going to hurt the dog. Uh, we have dogs that will eat uh, just about anything, but... I think it's very attractive to them. Usually it has a good texture, uh, the sweet feed, uh, and it smells good, and he likes it. I would not want him to do that in excess, though, because of some of the grains are fairly, what shall I say, fairly hard to digest, I would imagine. So Okay, that, that was my concern, whether I should switch him over to horse feed. <laughs> <laughs> well, he probably would do fairly well, but let's let's try to either move the food where he can't get to it, or if you can, and uh, try to limit it at least how much he's how much he's getting in. We have some okay. of the same situations with some of the some of the dogs that will eat uh, around the bird feeders where uh, grain is uh, dropped out by the birds. Uh, 
and it's better not to have them do that because of uh, fecal matter, this sort of thing, under the bird feeder. So uh, I, I would say that if you can remove the temptation, great. If not, very well limit what he's taking in. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. You uh, have a good day. Yeah. Let's continue on the phones. Uh, Andrew has been uh, waiting patiently uh, in Gulfport, Biloxi. Uh, where, where are you calling from, Andrew? Oh, Gulfport, Mississippi. All right. <laughs> go go um, ahead with the question. In between errands right now. So. Yeah. Um, good talking to you all. Um, thanks for having me. The I got an aggressive dog at home. We have two dogs, a Basset, and the dog I'm calling about is a carrion terrier. And my big question is every time i take it down to the condo there are other dogs there and it immediately starts barking at them and you know just goes crazy and is there anything you can recommend to try to reduce the stress or i know they have certain medicines we we had our own one and it didn't really work too well but uh yes this, this is one of those things they are those little dogs are pretty tough uh, the current terriers the uh, scotties the westies uh they're trained back in the developmental stage, I think, to be uh, varmint hunters, uh, but they are fairly, uh, fairly uh, tough. I guess is the best way. And this dog sounds like he's being defensive. Uh, does he ever uh, get with other dogs and have a fight, or is he just? No, it's most. I mean, she's so little. I can, you know, okay. hold her in right. my arms and, right. you know, so but, keep her away and go the you, other direction. Do you know what medication yeah. you used before uh, to try I to help? Know. No, sorry, Doc, don't remember. There's one called Zilkeen, uh, which okay. can be given, uh, and it does help to calm. Uh, so that might be a good thing. I think that would be okay. – uh, talk to your vet. How do you spell that, sir? It starts with an X. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> just just, just gotcha. say Zilkeen. Your vet will know what, you, what you're talking about. Okay. And gotcha. uh, I think it might be something that you could give. In other words, this is okay. when you know you're going to be around other dogs. So right. I would suggest uh, maybe giving it a day or two at least ahead of time and then sure. uh, while while you're there. So okay. appreciate good, it. good luck. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Andrew, for calling. We, like I said, the phone lines are uh, lighting up. But I did want to talk about this uh, <laughs> this this fat cat, Dr. Major, uh, before we take our next break. Um, it's a 41-pound a, a 40, uh, shelter cat in New York. Yeah. And it's it's having a hard time finding um, a forever home. You know, they're trying to make sure it's going to be in the in the right place where the uh, owners or the you know the new family can make sure that the cat is doing okay and losing weight at a safe pace. And I, I asked you off air, like forty one pounds. Is, look, it, is it a diet plan? <laughs> yeah, I, look, I looked at the photo there, and you know, it is a domestic what you call a domestic short hair cat. It's not a purebred of any kind that i can tell 41 pounds obviously is way overweight i think i may have seen this cat on tv they were looking for a home for it but the problem is losing weight you want to lose it gradually or slowly uh very difficult to make a cat exercise looking at this cat i'm not even sure he can walk very well uh at 41 pounds he looks like he probably would be a good 20 pound cat maybe but uh so they're Various health things, concerns with this. Excuse me, the liver could be affected uh, and could have a fatty liver type syndrome. Uh, 
heart, obviously. His whole system can be affected, I think, a gradual weight loss. He needs some counseling. They, they need some counseling. I'm sure they're trying to get some weight off of this cat. There are some diet foods that seem to help. But once they reach this weight, it's very difficult to get it off. Yeah, that's what I see. With like 41 pounds, and I know dogs are, you know, kind of active. So you can, if they don't have any, uh, you know, joint problems or things like that, they get out and run around. But with a cat, you know, they kind of uh, have a mind of their own. Yeah. And, <laughs> and and that's true. There there are some exercise type thing. If you go online, I think there's one that has a big cat treadmill. Well, how do you get the cat to use it? Uh, it's called One Fast Cat or something like that. I think that's correct. And uh it's like a treadmill, and they have you can go online and look at it, and they have cats that are uh, running on it. But if you look at those cats, they're all skinny and probably were skinny before they started on that. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking it up now. One one fast cat is is basically like a, some type of wheel, and they're just a yeah. These are these are some thin thin cats. Now, were they thin before they started or not? I don't know. It's kind of like some of these exercise things for people that you see. I was just about TV. to say that, Doctor Reg. You, you, the, the, the fittest person are saying you can do this exercise. Right. Say no, I can't. You look just look, <laughs> look just like me. Yes, but uh, anyway, there are some things you can do. Uh, of course, this cat, I guess, is in a a shelter, but uh, there are some things you can do to en- enhance or enrich uh, the environment and maybe get the cat to, to exercise. You know, stairs are a wonderful thing if you can get the cat to go up and down the stairs. Uh, some people will put a stepladder in the, you know, in the room so the cat can go up and down it. But I don't think this cat can do that. Yeah, that's a, this. This so, a, it's a big. That's so, a big mama. <laughs> so, so they need uh, counseling as far as a weight loss plan, and I'm sure they've already had a counsel on that, or you know, some nutritional type uh, counseling. But this cat is, and the other thing, if you had a cat like this that was that heavy, uh, or even approaching that, blood work would be important to see uh, if there are any abnormalities uh, that can be corrected. Now, before we take our break, let's talk with uh, Mike and Meridian. Uh, good morning, Mike. What's your question for Dr. Major? Yeah, good morning. Thanks good morning. for taking the call. Uh, I've got a boy that somehow got the notion that he wants to have a raccoon for a pet. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, we, we've had the whole childhood menagerie uh, for years. Right. And I'm, I'm putting my foot down on this one. So I'm curious to get your opinion. I, I told him I would look for a second opinion from our vet, but I just happened to hear your call this morning. Sure. So I'd ask you. You know, that's uh, having uh, a native wildlife as a pet. Uh, people do that. Uh, I would certainly check, and this might be a, a help for you to check with the uh, wildlife and fisheries people just to be sure what they say about it. Uh, and that, that would be a, a big uh, hurdle to overcome if they said no. Now, I know people do have pet raccoons, but uh, they are very. Uh, inquisitive if they ever get out in the house uh they can wreck the house pretty much they can open cabinets they can do just about anything a monkey could do uh they use their hands real well and uh i have seen one or two pet raccoons and they were obese as well so you have to be careful with the diet there uh but uh i think counseling is good and i would talk to your vet as well uh and from that standpoint I, uh, I'm somewhat, I'm somewhat reluctant to say that it'd be a good choice. I would say no. 
you won't get an argument from me, and I, I will check with the wildlife. That would that would seal the deal. Thanks. All right. I appreciate Take it. care. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for that question, Mike. Um, let's go ahead and take our next break for the hour. It's an all pet day uh, with Dr. Troy Major. I'm Java Chapman. As you can tell, Kevin Farrell and Libby Hartfield are out today, but it's okay. We're still here talking about uh, the animals and the animals around you. You can join our conversation one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven. 672-7464 or you can send us an email to animals at mpbonline.org when we come back we got David Allen, Jerry, we're talking to you so stay tuned Right on Mississippi Wyatt Waters My college roommate was from Chicago we are saying, try some grits he said, I think I'll have one grit and if I like it I'll have some more <laughs> Julia Reed One time I watched John Edwards get in a fight with a man in a waffle suit It was so offensive to him that he was being interrupted I mean, he literally leaned over the train the Harry Truman train and almost went head first into the truck trying to grab the waffle man Right on Mississippi A podcast Download now at mpbonline.org from the Mississippi Book Festival and MPB Welcome back. This is Creature Conference here on MPB Think Radio. I'm Java Chapman here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson, and it's an all-pet day. And if you've just joined our program and you want to hear the first half of the show, you can always listen back uh, through podcasts. It will be up later um, today, or if you're listening on Saturday, it's already up <laughs> at our website, mpbonline.org, or through our MPB public media app. Let's go ahead and jump back into the phones and talk with David from Jackson. Good morning, David. Good morning. Go ahead with your question. Yeah, so uh, embarrassing, but we have a Frenchie puppy, about five months old, and basically within getting her home, uh, she she eats the other dog's poop. <laughs> and so we, we have to monitor, we have to get out there and keep it, uh, the yard clean, but... Uh, uh, we've bought some stuff to supposedly give her to eat, but it's not really working. Any ideas or thoughts on it? Okay. Uh, now, first, Dr. Major, this, this it's not that embarrassing, is it? it it's, it's common. <laughs> well, it, it, it is. Unfortunately, it's fairly common. What, what was the source of this puppy? Was it uh, a local breeder? or uh, we, we bought it from a breeder in Virginia. Okay. It seems to be, and this is just my thoughts on it, it seems to be very common when uh, the puppies have been kept in a kennel situation or cages, uh, and I don't know the situation with this puppy. However, if you're going to use, was that Forbid? Was that the name of the uh, product that you used? I think uh, it's a, like a tablet to give okay. them a state of okay. But you've got to give it to the other dog, not to that puppy. Okay. Okay. So, and I would give it to both, really, if you have the two. Uh, it may or may not work. Fortunately, okay. a lot of the puppies will outgrow this over time. So okay. that's something to look forward to. Uh, okay. But as much as possible, try to remove the yes. opportunity, but realize that it gives a strange, I hate to even go here, but a strange <laughs> flavor to that poop. And you need to give it to both dogs uh, okay. rather than just the puppy, okay? All right. Thank you. Good luck to you. 
Thanks. All right. Thanks for the question, David. <laughs> no, no embarrassing questions. We're, we're, no, we're, fr- we're friends here, uh, here on Creature Comfort. I understand, though. <laughs> let's uh, let's let's keep it moving and talk with Jerry um, uh, in Bay Springs. Good morning, Jerry. Jerry, good morning. Are you there? Must have dropped. All right, let's put Jerry back on hold, see if we can uh, get to him. Hopefully he doesn't have a, a, a fat cat. I think he has a, a cat question. But let's uh, let's move on and talk with um, with Alan uh, on the road. Alan, uh, two hands on the wheel, and good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are y'all? Oh, we're all right. Good Go morning. ahead with your question. Um, I have a chocolate lab that has a tendency to have seizures, and um because of the mild winter, I've, I've never really had a problem with fleas. The dog stays inside 95% of the time, but I've got fleas I can't get rid of. And when I when I use uh, the treatment, the treatment that you put, you know, between the shoulders or that kind of thing, the frequency of seizures increases significantly. Yes. I tried a, a Soresto uh, uh, collar, um, and... I, Within six hours of putting the collar on her, the dog was was seizing. I, uh, I've washing the dog uh, every week and uh, with flea soap and and powdering the dog, and I can't get rid of flea. Okay, a uh, couple of things. Uh, is this dog on any medication for seizures? No. Okay. How often are the seizures? If you would not attribute it to the, uh, uh, they can be as far apart as four to six months. Okay. Okay. But the frequency definitely increases with the insecticide. Oh yeah, you can count. You can you put the insecticide on them, and within days, of right. the seizure. Have you talked to your vet about uh, getting a medication that uh, would not cause a seizure? Uh, yeah, I have, and and honestly, my my vet has not been much help. Okay. Uh, do this for me, if you would. Uh, if you could email uh, Java or here at MPB, I will try to get you. Uh, I hate to do it over the air necessarily, but I'll try to get back with you and uh, either through email or call you, and we'll discuss this, okay? And, Alan, that okay. uh, that email address is animals, with the S, animals at mpbonline.org. Perfect, guys. Thank you so much. If you much. do that, thank you, and I'll get back with you. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you for calling this morning, um, Alan. Um, that's, a, that's a serious, serious problem, and a lot of the uh, insecticide-type things that kill fleas will potentiate or make seizures worse, and that's what's going on yeah, with Is it dog. like a particular, maybe a particular ingredient? Yes. Yes, okay. it is. And uh, you have to be careful with that. Uh, sometimes dogs, usually, in, in my opinion, it's not the medication that starts the seizures, even though if you go online, there'll be blogs and the sort of thing that say it is. Yeah. But it's usually a dog that is prone to have seizures. It just makes those seizures worse. Uh, okay. Um, I think we have uh, Jerry back on the line from uh, Bay Springs. Let's see if we can get him on. Uh, Jerry, good morning. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are y'all? Good morning. All right. I'm good. Uh, we live in the country. We have some cats, and the mama cats bring lizards for the babies. <laughs> And uh, I've noticed this on two occasions when Mother Cat brought a blue tail skink to the kittens, and uh, they eat the tail, and they start having um, muscular dystrophy, 
dystrophy or Parkinson-like right. uh, problems. And uh, the first kitten that did this seemed to outgrow it, get over it after three or four weeks. But I have a cat now who uh, he can't really run real good, runs into things, right. falls down, and I have to pick him up to put him up on the rail where I feed the, the cats to keep the dogs from eating the cat. Yes. And uh, he's. I just wondered if there was any medication, anything over-the-counter or prescription that I could give him to help him with his movement. You know, usually, usually time, just like with the other kitten you were talking about, seemed to get over it. Uh, there is adequate evidence that the uh, immature skink with a young skink with blue tails can cause severe uh, vestibular or inner ear type issues. And sometimes it's just as much as a head tilt. In other words, a head will tilt or the cat, even adult cats, will roll uh, uncontrollably. Uh, Most of the time that does wear off. Usually when you start seeing that initially, steroids may help. I have doubts if this kitten has been doing this, the one you're talking about, that falls over, that there's anything really that probably can be done uh, to help. Oh, yeah, he's he's about nine months to a year old now. And uh, that was severe. Uh, And how do you keep your cats from catching those? They're very attractive, and uh, they they will do that. But we do see adult cats that have that. Sometimes there's no evidence of eating a skink. There are other things that can uh, cause this, but that is one of the more common causes. Uh, I wish I had better advice as far as treatment, but I don't know at this stage that you can do anything that will help. My daughter said maybe I should put him down, and I said, no, he still enjoys life, and he enjoys eating and everything. Right. He just walks around like he's really drunk. And he's got you to help take care of him, so that's uh-huh. good. Anyway, good luck to you. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for uh, calling in today, Jerry. Um, this is an all-pet day. We're taking your pet questions, one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We've talked about everything from uh, puppies eating poop to should we get a <laughs> raccoon as a <laughs> as a pet. So no, no, no question is off the table today. And let's um, before we take our next break, let's talk with uh, Margaret Ann and uh, see what uh, she has to jo- bring to the conversation. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. How are you all? We're good. Thank you. We're doing fine this morning. Uh, Go ahead with your question or comment. Okay. I have a question. I'm loving, loving your show whenever I get to listen to it. Thank you. Um, And this morning, you're welcome. And this morning, uh, the good doctor said about a pH dog ear cleaner. And um, we did a computer search and tons of products came up and none of them even mentioned the pH, pH. Specifically, and I'm wondering what specific product or brand name does um, the vet recommend. Okay, I may be a little bit off on the spelling of this. I should have thought, but it starts with pH and otonic, otonics, and uh, I like it because it is designed to help dissolve any wax or uh, residue in the ear. You put it in the ear, and uh, it uh, uh, actually helps to dissolve it. You massage the ear, let the dog shake it out, and then you wipe off the excess. Okay, so you're actually saying the name is, in the brand name, it's like pH and it's O-tonic or tonic? Or? That, that, I could be wrong about that final spelling, but yes, mm-hmm. that's okay. in the brand name. Okay, uh, and 
And, um, and uh, yeah, we're using a product now, and I don't have it with me, but, um, and we do just as you said, because it was, um, it was recommended to do it that way. Right. Uh, but we're always looking to see if we can improve. Right. But the other final question I have is, this year, the chicks are so abundant in Tennessee, Mississippi, everywhere, because of the, all the rain and the flood and I don't know, whatever. But what can we humans use as a deterrent? Because our pets are on the play and take medicine once a month and then the heartworm once a month. But we're like, oh, my goodness, we're just bringing them in. From We live in kind of a wooded area um, off the river. Yeah. You know, I'd have to recommend, you know, the usual products uh, that you would use, the uh, deep woods off, that sort of thing. But mm-hmm. usually it requires you putting it on each time you go out into the woods or out outside. Uh, it's good that you've got your dogs on uh, the products. There's a whole host of those. Uh, I'm using two things on my big dog now. Uh, I use Brevecto, which is a three-month flea and tick uh, medication, which is good. But I'm also using Vectra, which is a topical, which actually would kill fleas and ticks, but kill the mosquitoes as well. So there are different things you can use, and I wouldn't recommend putting any of those on you. But I've thought about it, to be honest with you. I was like, we're only going to come up with a pill for humans. But anyway, that's wonderful. You all are just fabulous and just so entertaining as well as informative. Thank you. We appreciate you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Margaret, uh, for joining us today and for those uh, for those kind words. And uh, Dr. Major, I think I found what you guys were talking about, P.H. Notic. Yes, that's it. And I left out the end. Yeah, P.H. Notic, and we'll, we'll put a um, link to our uh link to that on our podcast but we're going to take our last break for the hour you still have time to uh, join the conversation one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. it's an all pet day so we're looking for your pet questions and we'll have some more of those uh after the break this is creature comforts here on mpb think radio this is an mpb think radio podcast To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Creature Comforts here on MPB Think Radio. Uh, We've been having a a great all-pet show today, uh, getting your pet questions answered and I uh, see we still have calls rolling in, so I'm not going to waste any time. If you want to join the conversation, one 877 But hurry up because the show ends at 10. Uh, let's talk with Bill from Greenwood. Good morning, Bill. How are you doing today? I'm doing all right. I got a strange kind of problem here. There's a, a raccoon and her family visit late at night or sometimes almost near dark. Uh, but they've got a cat with them that comes. It looks like it's the same age as the other raccoons, and uh, it's gray, and I swear it was a raccoon. I just got to tell it's like a raccoon. And there's a black and white kitty that looks just like a little cat, but she's real little, and she's following the, the group and playing with the raccoons, and the raccoons are playing with the cats. And uh, she uh, 
sometimes we'll come around here uh, at, at, at uh, in the daytime, and she's been coming around here in the daytime by herself lately. And then so I've seen her come and uh, by herself, and then she'll stay here, and then the coons will come up, and then she'll run up to them like she knows them. <laughs> so what I want to know, uh, can a coon and a cat get together and... Uh, What's going on? Well, that's an interesting question. But in answer to that question, no, they, as far as we know, they cannot. Now, some misconception about that with the Maine Coon cat, but it has no raccoon ancestry. Uh, It'd be great if you could get a video of that, if you could do it on your phone and send it to us. I I would love to see that. Uh, But it sounds like that the cat has, has actually... Uh, being adopted or has adopted the raccoons and yeah. uh that's that's a shows that things can work out sometime but no they cannot crossbreed well i was looking on my phone and it said something about uh that they thought it could happen but then again they didn't say so i just wanted to know <laughs> if it would it would be a rarity and accidental but uh, it sounds like this cat is in in good shape so uh, i what can i say <laughs> Get some pictures and send them to us. That'd be great. Well, you know, uh, can I? Well, they maybe come here in the dark, so it's not okay. hard. Yeah. I understand. Yeah, appreciate you uh, calling this morning, Bill. That's kind of funny because uh, we watch a lot of um, Wildcrats um, on PBS Kids at, at the house. With the, and, and just just yesterday, they were talking about um, interspecies uh, relationships. Uh, you know, with the with the different uh, types of animals getting together and and basically cohabitating. Uh, let's talk with Sarah uh, in Oxford as we move on through the show. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> We're doing fine. We're doing fine. Okay, so my dog, he had a um, hernia surgery. He had a repaired hernia. Yes. And he also had, um, he was fixed. He was neutered. And let me tell you, ever since those, he was always skinny. He, you know, he runs around every day. He eats like a cup and a half of strom food, diet, regulated diet. But after both of his surgeries, he just he's gotten so fat, so fat. No lifestyle change. Okay. Always in shape. Is this something I need to worry about, or what do you think? If it continues, yes. Uh, I don't know how much overweight he is now, and I would say that you need to be careful with selection of food. Uh, you may need to go to a food that is lower, lower calorie. Obviously, his hormone system has been changed. Uh, since he's been neutered, and that can make a difference, definitely. Uh, we try to tell people that after spay and neuter that they may need to have a reduction in the amount of food or either a change in food if he's gaining that much weight. So I would okay. I would certainly consider that. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, uh, Sarah. And let's take our last call for today. Um, it's going to be Jerry in Jackson. You are our lucky winner. <laughs> uh, go ahead with the question, Jerry. Hi. Uh, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I have a, a 10-month-old uh, brown-spotted Dalmatian Okay. that was given to us. And uh, the little guy is extremely high energy, really high strung, and uh, recently he had an extreme case of separation anxiety, and he bit part of the stay-along. 
Okay. Uh, you have to have surgery. I have it surgery surgically closed, and uh, but uh, he's recovering from that. But now he still tries to chase the little stuff that he has. So, yes. Uh, is this a behavior that can be uh, that will eventually you know he'll go out of it, or or uh, what can we do about that? Yes, it does sound like he's high strung. And a lot of times, thinking about the tail, uh, they may have phantom-type feelings. In other words, that uh, and he may have some pain related to that, even though surgery, I'm sure, was well done. Uh, I would consult uh, with your vet, see if there's anything that you can do from the standpoint of medication that might slow him down just for a while, and uh, possibly he will outgrow this. Uh it's a lot of dogs though are high what shall i say high energy sounds like this dog is he needs to have as much distraction as he can uh from the standpoint of uh, trying to keep him entertained uh and i realize that most people uh the dog uh, stays uh, at home possibly alone and that can cause some issues with a dog like this so uh, try to figure out how to enrich that environment, maybe do some things with him that will uh, help burn up some of this energy. But talk to your vet about it as well. Maybe there's some medication that could help. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Well, Jerry, we appreciate you calling in, and uh, we actually appreciate all of our callers for um, joining us today. It was an all-pet show, and I think it went very well as um me and Dr. Major were um, a little Batman arriving today. Uh, Dr. Major, more Batman. <laughs> so we appreciate you for joining us. And uh, make sure you join us uh, next Thursday for a uh, brand new episode of Creature Comforts. Creature Comforts is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded in part by listeners like you. And you can hear it today or previous shows on our website, mpbonline.org, or through your MPB Public media app uh today's show was engineered by jay white the great and uh michelle mcadoo uh the lovely was our phone screener uh for more creature comforts make sure you join us next thursday at nine and always uh repeat on saturdays at six you're listening to mpb think radio